If your Christmas spirit includes a healthy dose of curiosity, then order yourself a copy of my new book, Christmas Past, the fascinating stories behind our favorite holidays traditions. With 26 short chapters, it's like an advent calendar that'll surprise and delight you into a happier holiday season. That's why you should order it now to enjoy all throughout the holidays this year. Available in hardcover and ebook from Lions Press, and as an audiobook from Recorded Books, narrated by yours truly. Find it at all your favorite online booksellers, and remember, it makes a great gift. Hey everyone, it's Brian, back again for the seventh season of Christmas Past. Seven seasons. It's one of the longest-running Christmas podcasts around. And whether you're back for the seventh season running or just discovering Christmas Past this year, welcome to an all-new lineup of holiday cheer as we convene this annual family gathering of ours. As in previous years, the main season begins on Thanksgiving Day and goes all the way to Christmas Day itself. The main season is where I bring you the fascinating backstories to our favorite Christmas traditions and share your Christmas memories. Speaking of which, start sending them now. Record yourself speaking on your phone's voice memo app and send it to christmaspastpodcast at gmail.com. Between now and Thanksgiving is what I like to call the preseason. You can look forward to a bonus episode like this one about once a week starting today. And today, I've got something very special to share with you. You know, one of the most wonderful things about delving into Christmas past is that there's always some surprising relic just waiting to be discovered. I often encourage people to explore the wonderful world of old-time radio. There is a trove of excellent Christmas entertainment just waiting for you there. The same goes for Christmas literature. For every old Christmas story we still enjoy today, there are countless others that have been forgotten, but fortunately, not lost. And I'm going to share one of those very stories with you today. And I'm going to do it with the help of someone who resurrected it. Betsy Cordes in San Francisco grew up with the story of Mr. Dog, who brings Christmas to his animal friends at the Hollow Tree Inn. The story was originally published as Christmas at the Hollow Tree Inn in 1898 by Albert Bigelow Payne, a name that history buffs may recognize as that of Mark Twain's biographer. Even though it's an old story that had been out of print for many decades, Betsy grew up with it. I grew up with the story. So this is a story that goes back in my family as a Christmas Eve reading tradition. It goes back at least through my dad's generation. He grew up listening to his parents read it to him and his brother and his sister. And then he read it to me and my brother growing up. So it's been with us for a really long time. And we always read it out of a really old anthology that somehow really connected with my family way back when. And we've just been reading it pretty much every Christmas. And while you may happen upon an old anthology at a used bookstore or a garage sale, Betsy wanted to breathe new life into the story and make it available to a new generation of readers. My brother, Jason, we were talking on Christmas Day. So my dad had read the story the night before, as usual. And we were talking on Christmas morning about just how much we love it still after all these years. And my brother said, you know, Bet." that story is in the public domain. You could republish it 
And that's exactly what she did. The story, as far as we know, had never been fully illustrated. There were some one or two kind of spot illustrations, but they're just black and white engraved line drawings. The story had never been illustrated in full living color, and I really wanted to do that. After working with an award-winning children's book illustrator and conducting a successful Kickstarter campaign, Betsy republished the story as Mr. Dog's Christmas at the Hollow Tree Inn in a deluxe, full-color, cloth-bound edition. I'll tell you more about that, including how you can get a discount on a copy in just a little bit. But first, let me read you the story. You know the drill. Cozy up in your favorite blanket, pour yourself a mug of something festive, and come with me to Hollow Tree Inn to meet some new friends getting ready to discover the magic of Christmas. It's Mr. Dog's Christmas at the Hollow Tree Inn. Once upon a time, when the robin and turtle and squirrel and jackrabbit had all gone home for the winter, nobody was left in the hollow tree except the coon and possum and the old black crow. Of course, the others used to come back and visit them pretty often, and Mr. Dog, too, now that he had got to be friends with all the Deepwoods people, and they thought a great deal of him when they got to know him better. Mr. Dog told them a lot of things they had never heard before, things that he'd learned at Mr. Man's house, and probably that's one reason why they got to liking him so well. He told them about Santa Claus, for one thing, and how the old fellow came down the chimney on Christmas Eve to bring presents to Mr. Man and his children, who always hung up their stockings for them. And Mr. Dog said that once he had hung up his stocking, too, and he got a nice bone in it that was so good, he had buried and dug it up again as much as six times before spring. He said that Santa Claus always came to Mr. Man's house and that whenever the children hung up their stockings, they always were sure to get something in them. Well, the Hollow Tree people had never heard of Santa Claus. They knew about Christmas, of course, because everybody, even the cows and sheep, know about that, but they'd never heard of Santa Claus. You see, Santa Claus only comes to Mr. Man's house, but they didn't know that either. So they thought that if they just hung up their stockings, he'd come there too. And that's what they made up their minds to do. They talked about it a great deal together, and Mr. Possum looked over all his stockings to pick out the biggest one he had. And Mr. Crow made himself a new pair on purpose. Mr. Coon said he never knew Mr. Crow to make himself such big stockings before. But Mr. Crow said he was getting old and needed things bigger. And when he loaned one of his new stockings to Mr. Coon, Mr. Coon said, that's so, and that he guessed that they were about right after all. They didn't tell anybody about it at first, but by and by they told Mr. Dog what they were going to do. And when Mr. Dog heard it, he wanted to laugh right out. You see, he knew Santa Claus never went anywhere except to Mr. Man's house, and he thought it would be a great joke on the hollow tree people when they hung up their stockings and didn't get anything. But by and by, Mr. Dog thought about something else. He thought it would be too bad, too, for them to be disappointed that way. You see, Mr. Dog liked them all now, and when he had thought about that for a minute, he made up his mind to do something. And this is what it was. He made up his mind to play Santa Claus. He knew just how Santa Claus looked, because he'd seen lots of pictures at Mr. Man's house. And he thought it would be great fun to dress up that way and take a bag of presents to the hollow tree while they were all asleep and fill up the stockings of the coon and possum and the old black crow. But first, he had to be sure of some way of getting in. So he said to them he didn't see how they could expect Santa Claus, their chimneys were so small. And Mr. Crow said they could leave their latch string out downstairs, which was just what Mr. Dog wanted. 
Then, they said they were going to have all the folks that spent the summer with them over for Christmas dinner to see all the presents they had gotten their stockings. They told Mr. Dog to drop over too if he could get away, and Mr. Dog said he would, and then went off laughing to himself and ran all the way home because he felt so pleased at what he was going to do. Well, he had to work pretty hard, I tell you, to get things ready. It wasn't so hard to get all the presents as it was to rig up his Santa Claus dress. He found some long wool out in Mr. Man's barn for his white whiskers, and he put some that wasn't so long on the edges of his overcoat and boot tops and around an old hat he had. Then he borrowed a big sack he found out there too and fixed it up to swing over his back just as he had seen Santa Claus do in pictures. He had a lot of nice things to take along. Three tender young chickens he'd borrowed from Mr. Man for one thing, and then he brought some new neckties for the hollow tree folks all around, and a big striped candy cane for each one, because candy canes always looked well sticking out of a stocking. Besides all of that, he had a new pipe for each and a package of tobacco. You see, Mr. Dog lived with Mr. Man and didn't ever have to buy much for himself, so he always had saved his money. He had even more things than that, but I can't remember just now what they were. And when he started out all dressed up like Santa Claus, I tell you his bag was pretty heavy, and he almost wished before he got there that he hadn't started with quite so much. It got heavier and heavier all the way, and he was glad enough to get there to find the latch string out. He set his bag down to rest a minute before climbing the stairs, and then opened the doors softly and listened. He didn't hear a thing except for Mr. Crow and Mr. Coon and Mr. Possum breathing pretty low, and he knew they might wake up any minute, and he didn't want to get caught there in the midst of things for a good deal. So he slipped up just as easy as anything, and when he got up to the big parlor room, he almost had to laugh out loud, for there were the stockings sure enough all hung up in a row and a card with a name on it over each one telling who it belonged to. Then he listened again. And all at once he jumped and held his breath, for he heard Mr. Possum say something. But Mr. Possum was only talking in his sleep and saying, I'll take another piece, please. And Mr. Dog knew he was dreaming about the mince pie he'd had for supper. So then he opened his bag and filled the stockings. He put in mixed candy and nuts and little things first, and then the pipes and tobacco and candy canes so that they'd show up on top and hung a nice dressed chicken outside. I tell you, they looked fine. It almost made Mr. Dog wish he had a stocking of his own there to fill, and he forgot all about them waking up and sat down in a chair to look at the stockings. It was a nice rocking chair, and over in a dark corner where they wouldn't be apt to see him, even if one of them did wake up and stick his head out into the room. So Mr. Dog felt pretty safe now anyway. He rocked softly and looked and looked at the nice stockings and thought how pleased they'd be in the morning and how tired he was. You've heard about people being as tired as a dog, and that's just how Mr. Dog felt. He was so tired he didn't feel a bit like starting home, and by and by, he never did know how it happened, but by and by, Mr. Dog went sound asleep right there in the chair, with all his Santa Claus clothes on. And there he sat, with his empty bag in his hand, and the nice full stockings in front of him, all night long. Even when it came morning and began to get light, Mr. Dog didn't know it, but he slept right on. He was that tired. Then pretty soon the door of Mr. Possum's room opened and he poked out his head. And just then the door of Mr. Coon's room opened and he popped out his head. Then the door of the old black crow opened and he poked out his head. 
They all looked toward the stockings, and they didn't see Mr. Dog, or even each other, at all. They saw their stockings, though, and Mr. Coon said all at once, Oh, there's something in my stocking. And then Mr. Crow says, Oh, there's something in my stocking, too. And Mr. Possum says, Oh, there's something in all our stockings. And with that, they gave a great hurrah all together and rushed up to grab their stockings and turned around just in time to see Mr. Dog jump straight out of his chair, for he did not know where he was the least bit in the world. Oh, there's Santa Claus himself, they all shouted together and made a rush for their rooms, for they were scared almost to death. But it all dawned on Mr. Dog in a second, and he commenced to laugh and hurrah to think what a joke it was on everybody. And when they heard Mr. Dog laugh, they knew him right away, and they all came up and looked at him, and he had to tell them just what he had done and everything. So they emptied their stockings on the floor and ate some of the presents and looked at the others until they almost forgot about breakfast, just as children do on Christmas morning. Then Mr. Crow said all at once that he'd make a little coffee, and that Mr. Dog must stay and have some, and by and by they made him promise to spend the day with them, and be there when the Robin and the Squirrel and Mr. Turtle and Jack Rabbit came, which he did. And it was snowing hard outside, which made it a nicer Christmas than if it hadn't. And when all the others came, they brought presents too. And when they saw Mr. Dog dressed up as Santa Claus and heard how he'd gone to sleep and been caught, they laughed and laughed. And it snowed so hard that they had to stay all night, and after dinner they sat around the fire and told stories. And they had to stay the next night too, and all that Christmas week. And I wish that I could tell you all that happened that week, but I can't, because I haven't time. But it was the very nicest Christmas that ever was in the hollow tree, or in the big deep woods anywhere. Well, thanks so much for listening. I hope you liked that. And I know that you'll like it even better in full color. I've put some pictures from the book on my social media, so find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to check it out for yourself. There's links to all of that in the show notes for this episode. And if you want to have a copy for your very own, to read and share with your family and possibly start your own tradition, go to MrDogsChristmas.com. Again, check the show notes for a link. And sign up for Mr. Dog's mailing list, because subscribers enjoy a once-a-year friends and family discount of 50% off, perfectly timed for your early Christmas shopping. I'll be back again next week with something new as we get ready for the start of the Christmas Past main season. Until then, let me tell you that Christmas Past is produced in wonderful Willow Glen, California, by yours truly, Brian Earle. Thanks so much to Betsy Cordes, and thank you for listening. Drop a line anytime with a Christmas memory or just to say hi. I'm at christmaspastpodcast at gmail.com. And join the fun on Twitter and Instagram and our private Christmas Past Facebook group. The family is really growing. And hey, if you're really feeling the Christmas spirit, why not help more people discover the show? It's as easy as telling a friend about it or leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. If you do leave a review, I'll send you a Christmas Past sticker and a handwritten Christmas card as my way of saying thanks. Reach out for details on that. And until we meet again, may your days be merry and bright.